Yes, yes. I don't know where I actually got this from. I think it was when I was in India at, at Tiruvannamali, at Sri Ash, uh, Ramana Mohachi's ashram. And it's a, it's a little essay written by a follower of his called The Unity of Surrender and Self-Inquiry. All right? I really like the take on this. So, so I'm going to skip a little bit. to uh, page 2. So it goes, simply stated, the problem is that there is a perception that there is an individual self which wants to extinguish itself so that a state of realization will be revealed. Right? So this is basically the situation. Mostly in like the spiritual milieu of the part. Yeah? He's skipping ahead. It's not like people who are you know, going to Costco and stuff Kmart, maybe, but it's more about people in, in the con- consumption of spiritual ideas. So, simply stated, so in other, that, in other words, a lot of them want to extinguish the self. Yeah. They like, because they at least feel like that sort of vaguely is the problem. They don't know maybe what it means exactly, but it's, it's sort of the problem. So, Simply stated, the problem is that there is a perception that there is an individual self which wants to extinguish itself so that the state of realization will be revealed. So what looks like the motivation to the solution is part of the problem, in other words, he's basically saying. Yeah. But anything which this individual self tries to do to eliminate itself merely prolongs its own existence. It's seeming existence, let's say. It doesn't really have an existence, but it appears to exist if we breathe life into it by taking it to be so. Yeah, we're like, the, in a sense, we're the maker of it. Yeah, but the making is a continual activity. You don't make it. You don't make itself. There's the making of self. Yeah? And you're not doing it, but the whole apparatus, the mental activities are conspiring to make that sense of self. And it has to be reinforced a lot, because you can't create it. Yeah? It can't actually bring self, and then it goes off selfing on its own. It has to be made, and the making of it is, is how it feels like it's been made. Yeah? So the feeling of being self is a product of selfing. That would be the making of it. Yeah? So again, it says this is the little rub. It's like you want to extinguish the self in a way, but anything which this individual self tries to do to eliminate itself merely prolongs its own existence. So, like in recovery, we have an extreme example of that. Like with drug addiction, you're basically trying to eliminate the thing that seems to be giving you trouble. Your head, yeah. You're not usually, you know, you don't think the the, the shot of cocaine's applied to the elbow. Or you know, it's left to the left thigh. You're trying to get to that 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 nebulous idea of Paul and get a, some relief from that idea of Paul. So you shoot up, and it, you get a little. The rush may override your concern with Paul, but then it doesn't sustain itself. So then you have to be. You got to shoot it again, and then the periods that you get a rush become. Uh, limited, and then there's more need to do more, you know, so that's like the definition of addiction, yeah? you have to keep trying to give it more and more to get a little less and less relief every time, so it's a bad payoff cost ratio, yeah, 
but you're willing to pay it because you want to get out of that thing that's seemingly driving you crazy. And he's explaining you can't do it as that thing. Why? Because there is no thing to get out of itself. Yeah, <laughs> that's the dilemma. It's like we say here, there's thousands of solutions, but if they're applied to an imaginary problem, it's not, the solution is going to be part of the problem. Yeah, I've seen it in recovery now that people have been introduced to recovery, AA, yet now it's part of the problem in a way. So when they go out, they get loaded for a week or so, and then they rush to AA for a week and a half, two weeks, and it keeps them from the real bottom, in a sense, and then they go back out, and it's, there's no recovery involved. They're not in, nor are they out. They're just... So the problem, the solution, has become part of the problem. Yeah, this is what happens a lot, I think. So... See spiritual practice as something that one does to attain realization. And most people, when they start, think it that way. They're looking to have a realization to get relief from something, but as something. You didn't know the as that you were taking yourself to be. So you, but you definitely felt you knew the from. You wanted relief from something, but you didn't know it was. You were wanting relief from that as that, you know, in another form, in another like uh, imagine, yeah. So you want relief from self, but you want to relief from self as a self. Yeah, that's like, uh, like there's like a few locks that keep the mind, the mental, even when it has aspiration to sort of get out of it, that imaginary place. Its way of trying to get out of it reinforces the imaginary place. So. You, and you may have a story that you're getting out of it and you may bring in progress and hope and all these things but in fact nothing's really happened yeah? a lot of things have happened but nothing's happened the basic state, the underlying condition hasn't really been radically shifted it's just you know, instead of looking at this let's see a gilded piece of furniture with an old man from India pictured on it <laughs> in a frame so you're thinking it's getting better <laughs> so one sees spiritual practice as something that one does to retain realization there's no solution to this problem there is no solution because the whole problem stems from that this individual self has a real existence. That's the rub, you know. So moving from that realization flowers into tons of different things with different scents and smells and you get a you feel like it's different, but it's all rooted back into that statement that the whole problem stems from the totally false assumption that the individual self has a real existence. That's it. That's the living problem. Or the seemingly living problem. Yeah? Now that living problem is having a lot of problems. So it wants to get relief from the problems it's having, but it doesn't even look at trying to get relief from what's having the problems. Yeah? Because the, what's having the problem is the problem. Like in recovery it says, we're not people uh, with problems, we are the problem the perfect example. So, not accepting that fact, you're looking to get relief from the problems you're having as the problem, not realizing that you're lending the sense of problemhood from the problem to things. <laughs> you think the things have that meaning. That's a problem, but the problem is being lent to it by the problem. <laughs> by how we dance with it, you know? <laughs> so you get stuck, like, 
who wrote these? Who put this on my dance card? You know, I don't want to dance with this or that. But you wrote up the card in a way. You're the one constant in all the dance partners. <laughs> it's difficult to see because we don't want to see it. Because it's like, if you see it, you have to really stop. If something pauses. And it can be uncomfortable to the activity of selfing because it doesn't like a pause. A pause is threatening to it. So it wants to override the pause as quickly as possible. Yeah, and get on with the same old getting on. You yeah? know, let's deal with a problem. Yeah? So, again, the whole problem, and you can believe this or not. Why not apply it to your own life? You know, that's all. This guy's just informing you of what he got out of listening to Ram and Maharshi, and he must have been with him for many, many years. And he said, "Hey, people are me- people are, me- are mistaking what Ramana was putting out there quite a lot. Yeah, this is what I feel it was." And, you got enough play to put it in some newsletter, and there you go. And it's just like an invitation. Hey, maybe this can point out. Because he's telling you what the problem is. You may not want to hear it, but he's telling you, isn't he? He's, he's just made a very good description in English what, what it is. Now, you may not want to land there, so then you'll probably find more things like this to keep putting it off. So you can just keep talking to the tower, but while you're still flying... Instead of taking the landing, it's saying, come on, come on in, land, get off, <laughs> get off, you know, the tour of selfing, you know, get off the selfing bus. So, okay, <laughs> and then he goes, the first path along the path to choose surrender, because he's talking about surrender and equality, many times, there's basically two expressions you can go through by surrender. So once you surrender, you're in a point to deal with things to a higher power, and then you entertain the idea that higher power will never let you down, or you inquire into your sense of your thank you. You inquire into uh, the source of the misery. Yeah. Now AA does both really, which is cool. AA gives you the surrender, and then it follows up with inventories and more inventories. So you keep looking at the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah? So he's saying, alright, so the first path along the path to surrender is not to throw oneself at someone's feet. You can hear, though. Yeah, alright. And, and say, I surrender. I'll gladly accept it in payment, in, in, in currency. It is the cultivation of the awareness and the understanding that there is no individual self to surrender. Now, this is much faster. Because what happens when people have this... Because I'm in a group that surrender is a big thing. It's almost a ritualized thing. You do a third step called the third step, and then you surrender your will and your life over to the care of something greater than yourself. That's a surrender. It's a ritualized surrender in a way. So I see it a lot in my, in a, in my own life and other people's. And what happens is, if the sense of self is still in place, when you surrender, what's what's claiming to be the surrenderer has a big sort of uh, clause to the contract which is I can take it back any time so I'm going to surrender my will and life but if I meet this babe and something in me says that's not a good idea to go for it and I want to go for it I'm taking it back yeah and so everyone you hear them come in Oh, I, sur- I, I took my will back and I got my ass kicked and I just came out of the spin cycle and now I'm on that surrender again. But then something comes that's pretty important to them, money or something. They forget, oh, I took it back again and I got my ass kicked. 
And he goes on, it's like this huge dance of like thinking you're swallowed by something, spit out, and then wanting to be swallowed again. You know? <laughs> so I think it's based on this, this little point he's talking about, clearly. I really do. Because I've, I've had the experience of both, yeah? And so one leads to surrendered, which is a nice, interesting state, which is you're not going into, oh, I gave it over and I'm taking it back. You realize there was no one to ever give it over, and therefore there's no one to take it back. That's when you surrender. I had that own sense, and this guy's saying it in a very nice way to explain it. But it explains what I've felt a lot, because this happened with me, yeah? Where there was a point where I realized there was no call to surrender, and therefore, that whole idea of Paul taking it back was muted, yeah? And then I realized surrender became a state where there wasn't a big argument about it anymore. It was just basically, I knew I was fucked, and that was that. And there was no more, oh, let me see if I'm unfucked, and looking back in, you know, I never got to a point where I seemingly suddenly became unfucked. But I was totally unfucked every moment I kept in the appearance of being fucked. Yeah? Tricky thing. So I totally had a lot of power as long as I admitted I was powerless. As soon as I claimed the juice that's available and thought it was mine and put it towards my ends, then shit started to happen. You know, how many more expi- you know, examples of it do you need? I mean, one can be enough. You can be convinced by one. Why do we have to have extremely incredible degrees of catastrophes? One little mistake on a, when no one would even notice could be it. It could trigger you an understanding in you where you go, hey, that's that. You know, I can't cross that line. If I start thinking I got it going on, a lot of things are going to go on on me. Yeah, yeah. So, so he says here, when Ramana said on several occasions, and he was there, I guess, you know, who is to surrender what and to who? That's pretty good. Who is to surrender what and to who? He was trying to drive home this fundamental point fundamental, that without this understanding that there is no individual self, that all spiritual practices are done under false pretenses, and that meditation, surrender, or self-inquiry done without this constant awareness are merely excuses and self-deception. I I would think that's a pretty good example of self-deception, where you felt like you surrendered and then you took it back, yeah? only to entertain, hey, maybe I should surrender again. So you're claiming like a possession you don't have. You're claiming ownership or control that you don't have. Yeah? And, you're, and your mind is riffing on this idea that's an impossibility. You don't have, it isn't your life to surrender. <laughs> so I mean, to go, I'm going to go home, or I'm going to take a three-day retreat and mull this over. To me, what he's saying, that's a giant example of self-deception. <laughs> the best illustration of this point that I have come across appears in a recent publication. A devotee remarked to Ramana that a certain fellow, so these are devotees, this is when he was alive, yeah. I mean, he wasn't remarking to the picture, so he, he was alive at this point. So some person was coming to a meeting like this, yeah, asked, said something to him. He said, A devotee remarked to Ra- Ramana, so hey, you know, hey, Chris G. You know, there's a certain guy, Mitch, must keeps, and I believe he must be so well advanced on the spiritual path because Mitch is meditating for eight to ten hours every day. Oh. So Chris G. go, and in the Chris G.'s re, uh, response is, oh, <laughs> replied Chris G., 
He meditates. He eats. He sleeps. He wears a boot for a broken foot. But who is meditating? Who's eating? Whose toe is broken? Who's sleeping? What advantage is there in meditating for ten hours a day if, in the end, that only if in the, if in the end that only has the result of establishing you a little more deeply in the conviction that it is you who are meditating? Bingo. That's it. This guy is talking about fifty basic common traps that a lot of our little rabbits get caught by. And he's trying to say, no, little rabbit, when you get there, <laughs> right left, <that's, laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like swallow skiing. No, <laughs> no, that won't get you there. <laughs> this aspect of Ramana's teachings that one has already realized here and now is widely ignored when it comes to practice. <laughs> but its importance cannot be overstated. Ramana has said, the removal of ignorance is the aim of practice, basically. Like in recovery. My sense of recovery is, it doesn't produce a spiritual awakening, it just diminishes a mental condition called selfing. That's all it does. Yeah. When the mental condition gets diminished, then something that's already so can become obvious in your life. Well, it's not having an influence. It won't be so like the sunlight while you're in your little mental room being blocked, being able to be blocked off by a five-six-eight shade, yeah? By your thought system. You won't be in that condition. You'll be out here. Yeah, you'll be in the sun. Yeah. Okay. So, the most fundamental piece of ignorance is that there exists an individual self who is going to do practices, and that by doing practices, this individual self will disappear or be merged in some super-being, usually him. (laughs) Until this concept is eliminated on the mental level, it doesn't have to be eliminated on the physical level, it's not having any play there. It doesn't have to, it's not, the emotional level has been co-opted by the mental level. It's not on the spiritual level, it's only on the mental level. That's the only place it has to be looked at. So, unless this concept is eliminated in the, in the mental level, it is not an exaggeration to say that one is wasting one's time in attempts to surrender or to inquire. Correct attitude and correct understanding of this matter are of preeminent importance if the application of Ramana's teaching is to be successful. Returning now to the practice of surrender, yeah, and bearing in mind the necessity of maintaining the right attitude with regard to the non-existence of the individual self, there remains the problem how to surrender since the mere desire to surrender invents an illusory person who's going to surrender. This is something we've all run into, I'd say, in the realm of spirituality. Yeah? Who's... You have the urge to surrender, but who is that urge implies that a you has the urge. Yeah. doesn't mean it's true, but it implies that. So it's difficult when you have a desire to surrender that the feeling that, is, that it's you isn't going to come up. Yeah. The key to this problem, and this key is all, to all problems connected with the practice of Ramana's teachings, is to bypass the mind and move to the realm of being. So up here, you're screwed. Yeah. That's what happens. People call me and they have they they paraphrase this statement in different ways. That's exactly the same. Well, how could you surrender? There must be a you to surrender. 
Yeah, they get caught in here. And he says, don't get up, don't go into that freaking Chinese thumb puzzle test. Because you're not going to win with logic and reasoning. Just go to the sense of being, the onness, yeah? The feeling of presence, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you feel like, space, awareness, consciousness, love, whatever. He says, don't, just bypass the mind. Because mind's not going to get out of mind. Like it says, like Huang Po says, you can't use mind to, to sort of find the mind. You can't use light to find the light. Yeah? You can't use self to get out of self. So if selfing is, a, is only in the mental realm, you can't use the mental realm to get out of it. Yeah? You can just question the mental realm. So, the key to this, so the key to this problem, and key to all problem, problems connected with the practice of Ramana's teachings, is and his teachings are self-inquiry and surrender. Yeah, that's the two branches he put out there. Okay, so here, one cannot truly surrender without escaping from that vast accumulation of ideas and desires we call the mind. I call it selfing, yeah. And according to Ramana, one cannot escape or destroy the mind by any kind of mental activity. There you go. Ramana's solution is to let the mind subside to the point where it disappears. This how this works with me is I've, I've lost in lost interest in the whole center of the mental system, which is self. I lost interest in it, and by losing interest in it, that diminished it. Not by fighting it or struggling with it, but just fucking it's boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? The only thing that's making it sound interesting is it's about me or I think it's me doing it. If that if I'm not that me, I lose interest in the mental system. Yeah? But if I keep identifying with the me, then I'm gonna use the mental system to try to get out of the mental system. That self and can't get out of self. Yeah? And I've experienced it both ways. I've been a, had a lot of experience in trying to get out of that as a product of it. Yeah, trying to transcend the mental system that was producing the feeling of being Paul. Trying to transcend that feeling, wanting to transcend what was producing it. It was a, it didn't work. Yeah, and after self-flagellation and blaming, and I'm not a good enough meditator, and this and that, I finally was left to the point. Well, this may be flawed, you know, F L A W E D, not flawed, you know, mason like linoleum, but flawed. Yeah, it may be flawed. There may be an error in how I'm seeing things. And there was. It wasn't that I didn't practice enough and I didn't do it good enough. It was there's a feeling that it was me practicing and not doing it enough. Good. And when I lost interest in what was producing the me, the sense of me, which is the mental realm, then the production lost its, uh, let's say, its... It's, it's flesh and blood because it's not the movie, it's the audience. The audience is making the movie good. The movie is fucking a movie. It's the audience that creates incredible interest in it. If you think it's about you, you're going to be engaged in it big time. Yeah? Uh, do you have any suggestions to Well, service is one thing. Yeah. Get out of oneself is a pragmatic way of doing it in AA, in recovery, and a lot of other ways. You just try to just do some action. Yeah? Because, like I was sharing with this guy the other day, you know, in, recovery is like an action program where, all right, you look at something and you say, all right, I've done all I can do. Yeah? Something I'm dealing with, I've done, I suited up, showed up, I did all I can do, and that's that. But you never reach that point with thinking. 
There's never a point, I thought all I could think. No, there's more and more thinking about it. And then there's going back over it and regurgitating it hundreds of fucking times. You never reach a point where, oh, I'm going to put the thinking ball down. No, the thinking continues on after the play is over. But action is, all right, let's say I lost, I think I lost my wallet. So there's action. So I have some thoughts. The thoughts, and this is like the working aspect of mine. The thoughts are, where was I? I was at that restaurant. Then I went to the mail, I went to the post office, and I came home. So it's got to be those three places, all up there, all there. And then I've done all I can do, and then you let it go. Yeah? And then the thought system, if it's working, will stop. Yeah? But how many times has it come up? You've done this so many times before. You're really a scattered brain, and goes on and on and on, and yapping about what it means to have forgot the fucking... What's going to happen? <laughs> it just goes on and on, doesn't it? And you would like to not have to follow it, but you've made a sort of pact with the devil. You're identified as it, as its basic center. So therefore, when it goes spinning, you're seemingly spinning with it. You can't have it both ways. You can't be free from it as it. It just doesn't work. Yeah? So... so Yes, yeah, the most definitely. It's producing the feeling. Yes. It produces. Well, you think it's so quicker than that, but the seeds have been, have been laid in that ground, that fertile ground of feeling, a long time ago. And then they germinate and they pop up, and you feel they just came up in and of themselves. They were laid down there. It's like there's a story behind every feeling. If you really look into it, uh, there's a whole story of you or whatever. And now there's a story before every feeling that you're the feeler. So immediately a feeling arises. You think you're just seeing it as it's arising. You've already got a pair of glasses on that look at it as it's, it's arising for me or to me. That's provoked. That's a provoked feeling. It's a, zen, it's a sense, really. It's not a feeling like fear and this and that. That would be, but it's a sense of self. Yeah. So you have a sense of being the feeler when the feelings are happening. Yeah. After actually they happen. You think you're having it while they're happening, but it's actually it's there before. Yeah. And then the claiming is after. So you shared the, the practice of thinking about before you were born. Yeah, that's an old thing. You can go there, you can do all these things, but a very pragmatic way is service, yeah? Just to get out of oneself. Yeah, the feeling of it. And so, when you feel like it seems so real, the thing is that there's already a one that's been placed as the one who had the feeling or observing the feeling. So, it's a contrived... Uh, point of reference already and it, you didn't were, you weren't even placed there when you were a kid suppose you know when you see if you follow your storyline as a continuum body there's a period of when you were a body that there was none of that referencing going on so it, it grew it wasn't there from the get go it came about it's an activity that came about yeah and it's just being reinforced and reinforced and like in recovery it says you grew into fear and that presupposes you can grow out of it just by entertaining some new possibilities, you can start to grow out of what you grew into. Obviously, that's this place. That's matter. That's dual. That's duality here. What can go up comes down. What can seemingly go in can come out. Yeah. So you see it. 
You see, it says beautifully in AA. It doesn't say, it says you grew into this state of fear. What? Oh, yeah. So therefore, there's a possibility of growing out of it. How are you going to grow out of it? Well, entertain some fucking possibilities that there was never a you that grew in it. (laughs) You know? That's what he's saying. That's the way it works. Yeah? Cut out the idea of the you that thinks it's in it and that wants to be out of it or thinks it was once out of it and doesn't want to be in it now. Just cut that out and see... Does it hold as much water in and out anymore? It won't, because you're the whole, you're the thing that's given everything weight. The sense of being Paul. I'm telling you, if you you that's all you're going to see. When you start seeing what you're not, all you're going to see is a huge distribution of heaviness of weight that's been put on at all these things. Yeah, and the biggest weight of all is the sense of being Paul. It's lending its heaviness to all these things, all these events every day. You wouldn't have a, if you knew that feeling that seemed so intense for you was mine, you wouldn't fucking have the reaction to it that you have. You wouldn't. Yeah. It's all, and so if you could see that, oh, this feeling it was so terrible, then the same feeling, the same situation, but there's a clear understanding that Stanley's, I said to him, wouldn't be as heavy as it was. Well, it was yours. You see, it wasn't the feeling that brought the weight, it was you that gave the weight to it. I mean, get the cart before the horse, or the horse before the cart. Or you're going to be fucked, or, you know, it's just going to go round in circles. This is not a passive uh, activity, it's very active in a way. Your mind starts expanding out of the closet it's been in, like that marathon runner that's just been locked in the closet, and it's, he's got races every week. <laughs> <laughs> and he wins a lot of them but he's like this is finally out. what would happen he has all the ability just open the door and he runs out <laughs> run around here just go up the hills in Marin City you know he'd still be doing the same thing but it would be a whole different experience yeah yeah alright so wait a minute no more questions I'll never get through this Okay, so here it goes. So Ramana's solution is to let the mind subside to the point where it disappears. To let it subside to a point. For me, this is entertaining the message. That, hey, I'm not, I am not that. I am not the thinker. I am not the feeler. This allows the mental process to subside. That's what it does. And how do you know? The interest and the attention is what's producing the waves on its surface. The interest tension moves. And then you, you have more of a calmness there. Yeah, as a baseline. So, and what remains when the mind has subsided is the simple, pure being that was always there. In a conversation in Talks with Ramana, gives the following illuminating answer. He says, It is enough that one surrenders oneself. Surrender is to give oneself up to the original cause of one's being. One's source is within oneself. Give yourself up to it. That means that you should seek the source and merge in it. Yeah? But not as a mental product, but as the source itself. This is an immensely profound statement which not only sweeps away many of the myths that surround the practice of surrender, it also shows an indication that the route to the rediscovery of the, of the self, his, that means the, you know, the big M, the rediscovery of the mind is the same whether one chooses to label it surrender or self-inquiry. If we examine this statement closely, it is possible to extract three important conclusions 
regarding Ramana's attitude and approach to surrender. Firstly, there is no, no external deity or manifestation to whom one must surrender. Secondly, the source of one's being is within us. And thirdly, and most importantly, true surrender is to go back to the original cause of one's being and remain firmly and continually rooted there. And it doesn't matter if the mind, if the mental process isn't rooted there. You're not the mental process. You're not, you're not the mental process. So when the mental process gets agitated, you're not agitated. When it gets calm, you're not calm. Yeah? Those are experiences that happen here. But your state is something not of either of those. You're not of calmness or this. You're beyond an experience. Yeah? Bring that into it's sort of an absoluteness. Conjure it up. You have the ability. Your mind has that with that dog whistle. Your mind has that bird call. It can call us. <laughs> Instead of calling us all day, call that. I like sound. Use sound. Take sound to as far as it can go back. Yeah, take sound as far as it can go back. There'll be a point where no matter how many sounds you've had and you have a different farthest away sound, you know, like a far distant wind in the trees there, and then the sound of uh, the cars and then birds flapping, and then you get to here where you hear the you feel your you, you hear the heartbeat, you feel it, but it's like almost like you hear it, yes. Then you hear, then may you hear sounds inside, and you see the sounds inside what you call your head, but it's, there's no head, obviously. Those sounds seem to be the bottom line of all the other sounds you've heard. Like they're the, they're like the first sound, and yet there's a point where what's hearing that, which isn't a sound. Yeah, there's a point where the sound ends, and that's the re- that's where the recognition begins. There's something that's recognizing the sound that's not a sound. Yeah. It's recognizing it. I've taken as far back as I could, and that's all you can do. That's where, What more can you do? It says merge into your being. All right. Go back. Take the sound. Back, back, back. So for me, I hear a lot of vibrational, like mostly tre- uh, trebles, yeah, going off. And so, all right. And I, can, and I definitely feel they're more of a base sheet than the other stuff. And then what's hearing that? Is it a sound that's hearing it? Is there another sound prior to that? I can't hear anymore. Yeah? I can't sense any more sounds. But there's the sensing of the sound. So the sensing of the sound cannot be a sound, obviously. Or there would have been something prior to that that would sense that. Yeah? There's something other than a sound that senses the sounds. There's something other than a thought that senses the thoughts. Yeah? There's something other than a feeling that senses the feelings. That w- w- and what is sensing the feelings, the thoughts, and the sounds cannot be heard, cannot be felt, and cannot be touched. Try it. You'll hit a point where that's as far as you can go. <laughs> that's it. I've gotten to the baseline of what I call my life. I mean, the basic primary baseline of consciousness or awareness, I've gone as far as I can. That's using the, the sound road. I'm there. I hear the sound. Like, let's say if I hear frequencies. There's an underlying frequency my own head's producing that's underneath that. Then there's something that's hearing that. Yeah? But that's not being heard. I can't be something that can be heard and then hear that. Yeah? In other words, what's perceiving 
cannot be perceived. What's perceiving, yeah, cannot be perceived, or what's perceived cannot be perceiving, yeah. So what's perceived? I'm looking at a body right now, but then you are feeling that you are the body that's perceiving. But it's obviously, if you follow Huang Po's simple, you know, invitation, what can be perceived can't be perceiving, yeah. And so turn it around. What's perceiving can't be perceived. Obviously. So what's perceived can't be perceiving, and juxtapose, what's perceiving can't be perceived. So when I'm thinking Paul is the thinker and this and that, that Paul is a thought. It's a thought that's being remembered all the time. Yeah? How, if I can see a thought, that can't be what's seen. Obviously. So here, here's the siren. Now that sounds has distance more than what I think hearing it. But then when I go inside and I hear the vibrations, what's hearing that? Is it this? Or does this come later? This thing can be heard. It makes a lot of noises. Hopefully all the thoughts I'm cutting you're not hearing right now for the wind. But it's making noises all day. So obviously that which is... <laughs> and something's perceiving that. What's perceiving it can't be of what's being perceived, you know? It can't be of a body. I don't know. Maybe you don't go with the logic. For me, it works. <laughs> it takes me to the dead end. And then, what is it, when you run into a dead end, what is that signal? Cut the engine. <laughs> Put the ball down. You know? <laughs> Kick back. Yeah, like in recovery, I think in life you have you you think you have the ball, and then you run, and then at a certain point you put it down. Something else picks it up. Ramana calls it grace. He says, "All right, you take yourself as far as you can go back to that sense of being. You rest there, and then grace will do the rest if it's going to do the rest, whatever that rest may be. Yeah, you'll find out. But your job's over. Your job was to, was to realize that you never had a job. <laughs> That's the best you can do. And then when you put the ball down, something picks you up. So, <laughs> the mirror line now. I'm at the I'm at fire to town. Yes. <laughs> Follow it, really. Like there's a guy way away used to say. I liked him a lot. A lot of preconception for some people. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but he would say, whatever cognizing can't be cognized. Yeah, it's the same saying. And Buddha said, hey, when you see, see. When you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. Yeah? Because in all the touching, when touching is, t- is touching, there's what's seeing the touching. Yeah? But that, that cannot be touched. Yeah? So you're not you're not seeing, felt, heard, taste, or touched, but at every hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and seeing, there you are. But you're not going to be seeing, heard, felt, taste, or touched. But in every seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, and seeing, there you are. Okay. But you're not going to be seeing, felt, taste, touched. <laughs> but you're at every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to know where you stand. You know? All right, so here. If this is translates in, translated into terms of practical advice, then surrender comes down to two words, being and stillness. Ramana says, your duty is to be. 
And you're already fulfilling it. You're fulfilling it right now. Yeah. Why you try to use doing and having to get into a state of being, you'll just get into another mental state. But he says your duty is to be, you've already fulfilled that. And not to be this or that. So see that. Yeah. I am that I am sums up the whole truth. I am not that I was and that I will be. I am that I am. I am not that that I was. Oh, I was really fucked up in 1988. <laughs> Nor that that I will be. I'm going to be dead in a few years. <laughs> Hopefully I won't have a crutch with me. Hopefully not that. So, no, I am that I am. Not I am that I was and I am that I will be. That's the mental take. The mental take is I am that I was and I am that I will be. That's the way it looks at it. But he's saying, no, I am that I am. So, the method is summed up, be still, babies. Okay, I only have one more page. It's good, isn't it? I really enjoy this thing. I needed some inspiration. I don't go to you for it. I go to (laughs) Ramana Maharshi. (laughs) More reliable source. <laughs> so the stillness and the being which Ramana speaks coexist with, with each other, and they reveal themselves in their full radiance whenever interest in one's thought stream dries up. So, whenever, sometimes you let's say you're doing something you love, your interest in the thought stream about you being the one who loves what you're doing, and you once loved it or you didn't love it, now you do, and you hope you will be loving it. You lose interest in that, you'll be you're engaged. Yeah, right there. Simple as that. So the stillness in the being which Ramana speaks coexist with each other and reveal themselves in their full radiance whenever, whenever interest in one's thought stream dries up. My way I it dawned on me was I wasn't the topic of the thought stream. Uh, not the, what the, all the thoughts are about or the, all the thoughts are being claimed to be from. Uh, not that. That's how it worked for me. And keep I lost interest in what was supporting that crazy idea. Therefore, the idea couldn't stand on its own legs because it doesn't have any legs. Yeah. It has to stand on your interest and attention. I love how he uses that statement of when the full radiance whenever interest in one's thought stream dries up. It doesn't say you fight your thought stream and you get a dam and you subvert it for different forms of irrigation to make your life better. It says, no, it just dries up because it doesn't have your interest and attention. It is extremely relevant in this connection. You still want to go with this? Yeah. You're in for it? All right. It is is extremely relevant in this connection for it's only wrong ideas that separate us from a full awareness of our, our natural state. This final stage of surrender is simply a giving up of attachment to ignorance by, by, by bypassing the mental processes which cause and perpetuate it. Not using the mental processes, but bypassing them. Yeah, this is important. The practice is the fruit of the conviction that there is nothing to surrender. For by denying attention to the mental processes, one is finally surrendering the erroneous idea that there is an individual self to surrender. When one attempts to practice this conviction by putting attention on the feeling of being that, being, of being that is within us, that is within us. 
or the feeling of being that is within us, thoughts and desires will initially continue to grow at their normal rate. So you start entertaining this possibility. You may not have these incredible, miraculous results. I think a lot of people make an assumption based on people getting up in front of groups saying they woke up and this and that. And they tend to put like a timetable on it. You know, I'll go to a few of these meetings and let's go. It's, it's when's, when I'm going to get mine. And it's a big mistake in a lot of ways. Yeah? Gasiri says, when one attempts to practice this conviction by putting attention on the feeling of being that is being that is within us, thoughts and desires will initially continue to grow and run away. But if attention is maintained over a period of time, the density of thoughts decreases, and in the space between them, there emerges the clarity. Because what happens is the thoughts. There's a big gap between thoughts, right, obviously. But the bridge between one thought and the other thought is the thinker, the feeling of being the thinker. So there'll be a thought, but then there's the feeling, the sense of being the thinker. That gaps the pause, and then there's another thought, and then that's followed with the feeling of being the thinker. Now, the feeling of being the thinker that follows is put in front of it. So you think you've received the thought as the thinker, but it's not that way. Here, when you start losing interest in it, the gaps between the thoughts become odd. There's a pause there. The bridge that's going from one thought to another, like producing the necklace of bondage, and the the, the pearls are not the thoughts. That's the sense of being the thinker. Yeah? That gets dismissed because there's the gap. The thoughts are not continuous. There's time. Yeah? And what's always continuous is timelessness, and that's the gap. So if it's not being bridged with a sense of Paul, you'll see the pause, you'll feel it, you'll sense it. You'll have the freedom from the thought, not by from the thought, but from the thinker. Yeah? You'll be in the place of the mental idea of being the thinker, you'll be that pause. That's what you are. So you're the seeing of the thought, not the thinker of the thought. It's totally different than being the thinker. You're the seer of the thought now. Yes? Yeah. So you lose interest in that bridge that's bridging from thought, from each thought, to I'm the thinker, this was, you know, you, 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 or I'm the object of the thought. There's that bridge that was like connecting islands, so to speak. Yeah? And so you think it's one piece of land called Paul. But connecting islands. Now the bridges aren't, aren't happening, and there you see the gaps, and you see everything's just arising and departing. Yeah? This thought doesn't imply that I was the thinker then and I will be the thinker in the future. It's just the thought, yes? And there you are. You know, the pause, what called the gap is actually the basic screen behind everything, or let's say before everything, that you and I are the base awareness. Yeah? Yeah. So the density of thoughts decreases, so they don't, that gap that hasn't seemed to have been a gap, now it becomes a gap, yeah? The density of thoughts opened up, so there's more space there. So between them, the, there, there emerges the clarity, the stillness, and the peace of pure being, that pause. That's us, that's the clarity, the stillness, the peace of pure being, the eternal moment in moments, yeah? the non-time of time, whatever you want to call it.
Occasionally, this stillness and this peace will expand and intensify until a point is reached where no effort is necessary to sustain the awareness of being. So now, there's been a shift and there's been an immunity. And the bridges, even though there's construction companies on the islands and there's all this, a big sign saying, yes, we support this building and everything this, the construction never happens. The pause is there still now, yes? So now you realize, geez, there's just a, it's just an obviousness that comes over you, and it gets enough immunity to the belief in the bridge that you have some real stabilized peace, yeah? So now you're inherently aware that you're awake. Let's just say that. It doesn't mean it's great or not great. It doesn't mean anything. But you're, you're showing up to the table all day. <laughs> like, dislike, good, bad. All that stuff becomes very, very weird. And yet you're just showing up. Because you're incessantly on. So to speak. Yeah? So, okay, oh, so, again, I like to say this again. Occasionally, this stillness and this peace will expand and intensify until a point is reached where efforts may be needed to sustain the awareness of being. The attention merges imperceptibly with the being itself, and the occasional stray thoughts no longer have the power to distract. Yes? You have some damn good immunity starting to set in. When this point of surrender has been reached, all the ignorant misperceptions which constitute the illusory ego have disappeared, but this is not the final state of realization. Because this mis- the, the misconceptions are only in suspension, and sooner or later they can emerge again. Yeah. So you miss. The, so let's say John feels like he had that freedom, but then they regurgitate seemingly, and then the construction companies show up and they say the project will be done by 2012, and so you assume the bridge is there. <laughs> and so now you're back on the continent of Paul again. <laughs> You're a citizen, seemingly. <laughs> Raman has said, the final definite illumination of, elimination of ignorance is a matter for God, or for the being itself. Yeah, that's the grace. He says that effort can only take one to a certain point, and then the mind takes over and takes one to the goal. In other words, you put the ball down, that's the end of your run. In the case of surrender, the initial effort is the shifting of one's attention from the world of thoughts to the feeling of being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When there is no attention on it, the mind subsides, revealing the being from which it came. Then in some mysterious way, the self, or the, let's say the mind, eliminates the residual ignorance and realization dawns. Ramana summed it up very neatly when he said, just keep quiet and Bhagavan will do the rest. Meaning the being, yes? Just keep quiet. So, you want to go on? we got one more. Yeah, everyone? Yeah, so, if you're not moving, you're asleep, that's good. You'll get a thrust most of the time. <laughs> the, shift, the shifting of attention is the ultimate act of surrender. It is an acknowledgement that the mind, its concepts and desires are all ignorance, the small m, and that involvement in and attachment to the ignorance is all that prevents a full awareness of reality. And then there's an admittance you can't get out of it, see? Not because you're not capable and you're not equipped and you don't know it enough, it's that you've never been in it. So trying to get out of it is part of being in it. So you surrender, or like there was one statement, the, the wisdom of no escape that's been 
talked about in different ways. To me, the wisdom of no escape is there's no escape from an imaginary place. You can't escape from it. Because it's not happening. <laughs> it's sort of like that. So, you're disarmed, or you surrender. And then you see what happens. So, so if, if it is an acknowledgement that a, and a final acceptance of the idea that all striving and all notions of attachment are futile and illusory. The simple shifting of attention constitutes the culmination of surrender because it is the final understanding of the ignorant notion that there is an individual self to surrender. It is the final acceptance and practice of the conviction that there is only attachment to wrong ideas and that this attachment can be severed by refusing to give these ideas any attention. And it's not even a refusing of giving any attention. You just lose interest in the giving it the attention because it's not about you. I'm telling you, just a little, a little decrease in the units of it will produce a huge increase in the boredom of it. <laughs> You'll just see how ridiculous. If you did, when I got into recovery, I did journals. You know, I did a ten-step inventory for two years straight which is looking at, you know, your fears and this and that. And every night the statement began with, I'm afraid of, and then it was different, let's say, Deb leaving me. And a month later, I'm afraid of Deb staying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was just, but the basic premise was, I'm afraid of. And, after, and I went back to it after about 14 years. I found it again. And I was reading it. It was sort of like, um, it's like, all right, it's sort of like going in, to a restaurant and say, I'll have salami, and then they cut it up 800 different ways, but I will have salami every day. So, <laughs> so I saw the redundancy of it. It was like, Jesus Christ, I am, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, 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 afraid. Different topics, so you think it may be different, but it's the same fear, but different things, different subjects. And it seemed to be incredibly boring. I can't believe this was occupying my life (laughs) all day. (laughs) And I tell you, if I started a journal now and I'm still in that sense of fear, it would look probably exactly the same, just with different objects than 20-something years ago. Yeah? So, to me, it's really boring. The only thing that's keeping it so, like, entrancing is that it's about you. (laughs) We're just going to weaken it by maybe entertaining you or not that. If you're not that, you'll lose interest in it. If you lose interest in it, you'll beckon these effects he's talking about. Because they're not effects from outside, they're effects of a mind opening up, yeah? They're expressions of a mind opening up. And if you read anyone who's followed the histories of minds opening up, they're all very, very, very uh, close. The expressions of it. Just like in recovery, when they talk about the expressions of being relieved from the bondage of self, they're very, everyone who's been in recovery and has gotten that, they're pretty similar. In India, or Malaysia, or here, or Hoboken, New Jersey, it's just very similar. Yeah? Because it's not like a new effect. You're basically getting released from a bondage of the same aspect of mentality, selfing. Yeah? So all of our relief will look pretty similar, because the seeming problem was the same. Yeah, it's not that we're not getting we're not getting a huge addition. We're getting relief from this from this. Everyone's has had this been under the same effects. Yeah, so they're going to sound really similar. Then after that starts happening, then there's bonanzas that will come from the solution itself, which won't be just a relief from the effects of the bondage. You'll actually have some results of a new like modality you're living under. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to end there because. Uh,
I gotta use note this for as many weeks as I can. I've got another page. I'm gonna use this in Berkeley. That'll be a perfect uh, screw there. Yeah, I'll be in Berkeley Thursday. Come on down. Thursday night? Yeah, the open seas stay open secrets. Open circle. The open secret circle. Not closed circle. Closed secrets. Come and hear the answer, you'll never know. You'll never get it. Alright, so any questions? No? <laughs> you have to be fast. Right? You gotta get into feeling you're the questioner quickly. If you're not